Chapter six of Headlong Hall by Thomas Love Peacock. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter six The Evening. Mr. Panscope, highly irritated by the cool contempt with which Mr. Escott had treated him, sat sipping his coffee and meditating revenge. He was not long in discovering the passion of his antagonist for the beautiful Cephalus, for whom he had himself a species of predilection. And it was also obvious to him that there was some lurking anger in the mind of her father, unfavourable to the hopes of his rival. The stimulus of revenge, superadded to that of preconceived inclination, determined him, after due deliberation, to cut out Mr. Escott in the young lady's favour. The practicability of this design he did not trouble himself to investigate, for the havoc he had made in the hearts of some silly girls, who were extremely vulnerable to flattery, and who, not understanding a word he said, considered him a prodigious clever man, had impressed him with an unhesitating idea of his own irresistibility. He had not only the requisites already specified for fascinating female vanity, he could, likewise, fiddle with tolerable dexterity, though by no means so quick as Mr. Chromatic. For our readers are, of course, aware that rapidity of execution, not delicacy of expression, constitutes the scientific perfection of modern music. And could warble a fashionable love ditty with considerable affectation of feeling. Besides this, he was always extremely well-dressed, and was heir apparent to an estate of ten thousand a year. The influence which the latter consideration might have on the minds of the majority of his female acquaintances, whose morals had been formed by the novels of such writers as Miss Philomela Poppyseed, did not once enter into his calculation of his own personal attractions. Relying, therefore, on past success, he determined to appeal to his fortune, and already, in imagination, considered himself sole lord and master of the affections of the beautiful Cephalus. Mr. Eskert and Mr. Foster were the only two of the party who had entered the library, to which the ladies had retired, and which was interior to the music-room, in a state of perfect sobriety. Mr. Eskert had placed himself next to the beautiful Cephalus. Mr. Cranium had laid aside much of the terror of his frown. The short craniological conversation which had passed between him and Mr. Eskert had softened his heart in his favour, and the copious libations of Burgundy, in which he had indulged, soothed his brow into unusual serenity. Mr. Foster placed himself near the lovely Caprioletta, whose artless and innocent conversation had already made an impression on his susceptible spirit. The Reverend Dr. Gaster seated himself in the corner of a sofa near Miss Philomela Poppyseed. Miss Philomela detailed to him the plan of a very moral and aristocratical novel she was preparing for the press, and continued holding forth, with her eyes half shut, till a long-drawn nasal tone from the Reverend Divine compelled her suddenly to open them, in all the indignation of surprise. The cessation of the hum of her voice awakened the reverend gentleman, who, lifting up first one eyelid, then the other, articulated, or rather murmured, mm, Admirably planned, indeed. I have not quite finished, sir, said Miss Philomela, bridling. Will you have the goodness to inform me where I left off? 
the doctor hummed a while and at length answered <coughs> uh, i think you had just laid it down as a position that a thousand a year is an indispensable ingredient in the passion of love and that no man who is not so far gifted by nature can reasonably presume to feel that passion himself or be correctly the object of it with a well-educated female that sir said miss philomela highly incensed is the fundamental principle which i lay down in the first chapter and which the whole four volumes of which i detailed to you the outline are intended to set in a strong practical light bless me said the doctor what a nap i must have had miss philomela flung away to the side of her dear friends gall and treacle under whose fostering patronage she had been puffed into an extensive reputation much to the advantage of the young ladies of the age whom she taught to consider themselves as a sort of commodity to be put up at public auction and knocked down to the highest bidder mr nightshade and mr mcloral joined the trio and it was secretly resolved that miss philomela should furnish them with a portion of her manuscripts and that messieurs gall and company should devote the following morning to cutting and drying a critique on a work calculated to prove so extensively beneficial that mr gall protested he really envied the writer while this amiable and enlightened quintetto were busily employed in flattering one another mr cranium retired to complete the preparations he had begun in the morning for a lecture with which he intended on some future evening to favour the company sir patrick o'prism walked out into the grounds to study the effect of moonlight on the snow-clad mountains mr foster and mr escott continued to make love and mr panscope to digest his plan of attack on the heart of miss cephalus mr jenkison sate by the fire reading much ado about nothing the reverend dr gaster was still enjoying the benefit of miss philomela's opiate and serenading the company from his solitary corner mr chromatic was reading music and occasionally humming a note and mr milestone had produced his portfolio for the edification and amusement of miss tenorina miss graziosa and squire headlong to whom he was pointing out the various beauties of his plan for lord littlebrain's park mr milestone this you perceive is the natural state of one part of the grounds here is a wood never yet touched by the finger of taste thick intricate and gloomy here is a little stream dashing from stone to stone and overshadowed with these untrimmed boughs miss tenorina the sweet romantic spot how beautifully the birds must sing there on a summer evening miss graziosa dear sister how can you endure the horrible thicket mr milestone you are right miss graziosa your taste is correct perfectly en règle now here is the same place corrected trimmed polished decorated adorned here sweeps a plantation in that beautiful regular curve here winds a gravel walk here are parts of the old wood left in these majestic circular clumps disposed at equal distances with wonderful symmetry here are some single shrubs scattered in elegant profusion here a portugal laurel there a juniper here a la rurustinus there a spruce fir here a larch there a lilac here a rhododendron there an arbutus the stream you see is become a canal 
the banks are perfectly smooth and green sloping to the water's edge and there is lord littlebrain rowing in an elegant boat squire headlong magical faith mr milestone here is another part of the grounds in its natural state here is a large rock with the mountain ash rooted in its fissures overgrown as you see with ivy and moss and from this part of it bursts a little fountain that runs bubbling down its rugged sides miss tenorina oh how beautiful how i should love the melody of that miniature cascade mr milestone beautiful miss tenorina hideous base common and popular such a thing as you may see anywhere in wild and mountainous districts now observe the metamorphosis here is the same rock cut into the shape of a giant in one hand he holds a horn through which that little fountain is thrown to a prodigious elevation in the other is a ponderous stone so exactly balanced as to be apparently ready to fall on the head of any person who may happen to be beneath and there is lord littlebrain walking under it squire headlong miraculous by mahomet mr milestone this is the summit of a hill covered as you perceive with wood and with those mossy stones scattered at random under the trees miss tenorina what a delightful spot to read in on a summer's day the air must be so pure and the wind must sound so divinely in the tops of those old pines mr milestone bad taste miss tenorina bad taste i assure you here is the spot improved the trees are cut down the stones are cleared away this is an octagonal pavilion exactly on the centre of the summit and there you see lord littlebrain on the top of the pavilion enjoying the prospect with a telescope squire headlong glorious egad mr milestone here is a rugged mountainous road leading through impervious shades the ass and the four goats characterize a wild uncultured scene here as you perceive it is totally changed into a beautiful gravel road gracefully curving through a belt of limes and there is lord littlebrain driving four in hand squire headlong egregious by jupiter mr milestone here is littlebrain castle a gothic moss-grown structure half bosomed in trees near the casement of that turret is an owl peeping from the ivy squire headlong and devilish wise he looks mr milestone here is the new house without a tree near it standing in the midst of an undulating lawn a white polished angular building reflected to a nicety in this waveless lake and there you see lord littlebrain looking out of the window squire headlong and devilish wise he looks too you shall cut me a giant before you go mr milestone good i'll order down my little corps of pioneers during this conversation our hot dispute had arisen between messrs gall and nightshade the latter pertinaciously insisting on having his new poem reviewed by treacle whom he knew would extol it most loftily and not by gall whose sarcastic commendation he held in superlative horror the remonstrances of squire headlong silenced the disputants but did not mollify the inflexible gall nor appease the irritated nightshade who secretly resolved that on his return to london he would beat his drum in grub street 
form a mastigaphoric corps of his own and hoist the standard of determined opposition against this critical napoleon sir patrick o'prism now entered and after some rapturous exclamations on the effect of the mountain moonlight entreated that one of the young ladies would favour him with a song miss tenorina and miss graziosa now enchanted the company with some very scientific compositions which as usual excited admiration and astonishment in every one without a single particle of genuine pleasure the beautiful cephalus being then summoned to take her station at the harp sang with feeling and simplicity the following air love and opportunity oh who art thou so swiftly flying my name is love the child replied swifter i pass than south wind sighing or streams through summer vales that glide and who art thou his flight pursuing tis cold neglect whom now you see the little god you there are viewing will die if once he's touched by me oh who art thou so fast proceeding ne'er glancing back thine eyes aflame marked but by few through earth i'm speeding and opportunity's my name what form is that which scowls beside thee repentance is the form you see learn then the fate may yet be tied thee she seizes them who sees not me the little butler now appeared with a summons to supper shortly after which the party dispersed for the night End of chapter six